0: Into a series on talks with Jesus, looking at the account today of the Roman centurion who came to Jesus, and it's on the subject of faith and authority. So, think a moment about your own personal faith. Our, our logo, our name, has to do with oak trees. Are, do you have faith like an oak tree? It's solid, strong, you know, immovable, uh, growing steadily and bigger and all the time, uh, you know, no matter what the weather is, if it's hot. Still strong. If it's really cold, still strong, able to weather everything, maybe you have faith like that. Or perhaps your faith is more like the African violet. The African violet is the smallest uh, little... Plant. I mean, have you ever tried to grow them? They're really kind of fussy, aren't they? I've never been able to keep one growing very long because the smallest disturbance will bruise a leaf and all of a sudden it shrivels up and the slightest variance in the moisture or water that it gets uh, can, can cause it to wilt. And maybe you, have, you would say, well, maybe my faith is more like that. We wonder, how can we possibly have strong faith in troubled times, and we are living in some troubled times. I know if you think about all the events of the last few months, these are some troubled times, and we wonder, how, in the middle of those troubled times, can we have a strong, immovable faith So sometimes we feel overwhelmed by our circumstances. Things seem to be coming from all directions, maybe it's something at your job, maybe it's your family, and it's putting pressure on you, and you start to struggle a little bit with your faith and with your relationship with God. So the question I have for the group today is, uh, and, and just answer what you think uh, this might be, but is it possible for people to have a strong faith in troubled times? Yeah, it really is. And our scripture passage today really shows us that. So if you have your Bible with you, please turn to Matthew 8. We're going to be looking at Matthew 8 starting at verse 5. This is a Roman centurion who comes up to Jesus. Jesus is on his way to Capernaum here. So let's start reading Matthew 8 starting at verse 5. When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go and let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very moment. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this example in scripture of a time when someone came to Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for the principles that we can learn today. Holy Spirit, be in this place. Just speak to our hearts. Lord, change our uh, hearts and our minds and bring them into alignment with what we should be doing. And help us become more like Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. So on his way to Capernaum, Jesus encounters this man. And uh, let's talk a little bit about who the centurion is. He isn't named. He's just his title, the centurion. But he's become very famous. I mean, we all have he- probably heard this story before. Uh, he was a Gentile, obviously. He's not Jewish. And the Romans were especially despised because of the fact that they weren't Jewish but also because they were this occupying force in Israel. And so he would have been looked on with some disdain by, by Jewish people. And actually, the Jewish people said, you know, if you enter the home of a Gentile, you will become unclean. So that is something they kind of kept these people at arm's length. The centurion title means that he was responsible for 100 men. And so these centurions were kind of the military backbone of the empire. They maintained discipline and they executed the orders of the government. The centurion understood the Roman military system because in that system, all authority is delegated. And when he spoke to his men, as he says, he spoke and they did it. He spoke with the emperor's authority and so his command was obeyed instantly and absolutely without question. A soldier who would defy the centurion would actually not just be defying the centurion he'd actually be defying the emperor as well the centurion is a God-fearing man even though he's a Gentile though Uh, he he didn't have the background of the Old Testament and all this revelation that the Jewish people had in order for him to understand who Jesus was but although he had gaps in his understanding of the Old Testament and of the way uh, about who Jesus was he had knowledge of how authority worked in his career, and that applied to Jesus. This was the key that strengthened his faith when he came during this time of need. Uh, he understood the kind of absolute authority that Jesus had over all of creation and over disease. In thinking Jesus was under God's authority, and when Jesus spoke, he understood that that was like God speaking to him. And if someone were to defy Jesus, it would be like defying God. So the centurion understood that Jesus had authority to command the sickness to be healed. And he understood that Jesus actually had the authority of God himself. So a little story about authority in a little more modern time. Uh, Governor Christian Herter Governor of Massachusetts in the 50's uh, Was running for a term In office A second term in office And he had a busy morning He's out trying to get votes And he's talking with people And through all of that busyness He didn't get a chance to eat lunch So then he arrives in the uh, Late afternoon at a church barbecue And he was famished He hadn't eaten since breakfast He's really hungry and so he moves down the serving line with his plate, and he comes to this woman who then hands him a p- or puts a piece of chicken on his plate, and he, he looks at that piece of chicken, and she's already turned to the next person in line, and he said, "Excuse me, but do you mind if I have another piece of chicken?" And she said, "No, I'm sorry. I'm only supposed to give one piece of chicken to each person." but But I'm starved The governor said He's looking at this one little piece of chicken on the plate He's thinking man if I could just have two And she says "Uh, Only one to a customer Sorry So this governor is kind of an unassuming guy But he decides you know Maybe I'll throw a little weight around here So he said Well do you know who I am I'm the governor of this state And the woman looks at him and says Well do you know who I am i 'm the lady in charge of the chicken. move along <laughs> so jesus the, Jesus had a little more authority than that, and the centurion knew it. He had authority over sickness and suffering, and the centurion was very concerned about this servant at his home who was at the point of death, and he had a genuine concern for this man, and he comes to Jesus and he calls him Lord. And by the fact that he calls him Lord, it shows us that he understood that Jesus was deity. He said, Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. He defined his need clearly to Jesus. Not vague and generalized, but said, Lord, this is my problem. Master is sick. He can't walk. He's in terrible pain. And he understood that Jesus Christ was Lord. In Luke 7, we have a little more information about this account. Uh, He was, the servant was valued by the centurion. And in verse 2, it tells us he was valued, he was sick, he was near death. And it also tells us that some highly respected Jewish people came and went on ahead of the centurion on behalf of him and came and talked to Jesus. And they said, you know, if anyone deserves your help, it's this guy. I mean, this man loves the Jewish people, and he's even built a synagogue for us. So it says that Jesus said, yes, yes, I'll help this man. Then the centurion came, and he clearly presents his need to Jesus. He answered the man, and he said, yes, do you want me to heal this man? And basically tells him that he will go with him. And it's not a big problem to Jesus. See, a lot of times we look at things, and we think this is too big. This can't, this can't change. The centurion in presenting this need to Jesus, Jesus isn't overwhelmed by it. The man might have been a little overwhelmed, but Jesus was not overwhelmed by it. He said, yes, I will come and I'll take care of it. But then the centurion says, oh, no, no, I don't want you to go to all that trouble. Um, I'm not worthy for you to enter my house. Uh, Just speak the word, say the word from right where you are. That's pretty cool. He's showing this humility of who he is that he understands his place and he knows that if Jesus were to come to his house what what the repercussions would be. And in a humble way he says I'm not going to ask you to defile yourself by coming into my home. I have so much confidence in you. I know that if you just say the word it will be done. So he says I too am a person under authority and I just say go here or go there. Do this or do that, and it's taken care of. And the centurion said to Jesus, just say the word. Just say the word, and I know he'll be healed. So I wonder in what way we think of the authority of Jesus Christ when it comes to answering our prayers. Because if we would see clearly his authority, it would strengthen our faith tremendously. I mean, what does Scripture tell us about his authority? Well, Matthew seven twenty nine says, Jesus taught as one who had authority. Matthew 9, 6 says, the Son of Man has authority on the earth. And Matthew twenty eight eighteen says, all authority. Jesus is telling his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So if he has all authority, he can certainly take care of all of the things that we deal with, all of the problems that we have, all of the stuff that's a problem in our life. The centurion, his word was law to his soldiers, and he had faith in the power of Christ's word to heal. He had faith in the word that Jesus spoke for sure because he knew about the power of authority. He recognized Jesus' power and authority over disease, and he knew the power of speaking the word. Psalm 119 says, Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heaven. And another version says, "Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in the heavens." So we know that the Word of God is eternal, it's immovable. It stands firm, it's settled. There's nothing that could come against it and change it. And this centurion had no problem believing that Jesus could heal someone at a distance because he knew the power of the Word. In fact, Jeremiah 23:23 23, 23 says, "Am I a God?" Only a God nearby and not a God far away. See, the power of God is limitless, no matter where God is where we are, rather, God is there. Uh, when we pray for people at a distance, God hears that prayer that we pray just as if we were sitting right with that person praying for Him. The power of God is limitless. The other thing is sometimes people feel like they've got to beg and plead with the Lord and ask him, you know, oh Lord, please answer my prayer, please hear, and they feel like they have to pray really loudly so God will hear them or get him to answer. And in truth, Jesus heard the man's need and answered very calmly, yes, I'll come and heal him. We don't have to worry about is Jesus going to hear us. We just need to come and lay that down at the foot of the cross. The centurion could have had a lot of obstacles that stood in his way. I mean, think about it. All the things, his culture, or his pride, or doubt, or or time, or whatever, all kinds of things could have held him back from coming to Jesus. But he didn't listen to those things. He didn't let those barriers block his approach to Jesus. So Jesus says to him, I haven't seen faith like this anywhere. This is amazing. This is extraordinary faith. So for us today, how do we have that same strong, immovable, extraordinary faith ourselves? Especially as we look at the fact that we're in troubled times. Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to claim the supreme authority of Jesus Christ. Jesus has the authority of God because he is God. As we've been studying Tuesday night uh, in John, the the first chapter talks about the fact that Jesus is in the beginning and he created, every, it was part of creating everything. Jesus can heal our bodies. He can forgive our sins. In Matthew 9, 6 and 7, it says, But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, Get up. Take your mat and go home. And the man got up and went home. So he has not only just the authority of God, he can heal our bodies, he can forgive sins. And Jesus told us that his authority was from the father. John 5, 19 and 20 says, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son does also. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so you will be amazed. So as Jesus is under the authority of the Father, so we are under the authority of Jesus, and Jesus told us that we would also have that authority as we follow him. All things are put under the dominion of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15 says, For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive, but each in turn Christ the first fruits, and then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. Everything under his feet. God the Father put everything under Jesus' feet. He has the supreme authority over everything. Philippians 2, 9, and 11 says, Therefore God exalted him to his highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." All things are in subjection to Jesus Christ. They're under his feet. Sickness, disease, family problems, emotional problems, any attack of the enemy is under the feet of Jesus Christ, and his name is above that name. Whatever problem you have, whatever you are struggling with, Jesus' name is above that problem. You can claim the authority of Jesus over that problem to have the faith that we need in tough times, we have to understand the supreme authority of Jesus Christ, not just in creation, but also in our lives. So here's another group question. What do you think keeps people from knowing that Jesus can meet their need? Yeah. Yep. They don't see a response? Yeah. What else? Yeah. 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 What else can keep people? Yeah. Fear. Yeah. Oh, these are all really good. Doubt, fear, um, just lack of understanding of what God's doing in your life, or just plain being overwhelmed by the situation, you take your eyes off of Jesus and you start looking at the problem. And many times we fail to get the answer or fail to understand the answer when we're not focused on the person who has all the authority and power. And so we are not in agreement maybe with God on things. We're not focusing our faith on the one who has the authority to do the impossible. Or maybe we don't believe that he wants to do it for us. You know, we think like, you know, well, I prayed, nothing happened. Okay, I guess God doesn't want to answer my prayer. But you know what? Jesus, it's, it's okay. Jesus looked past our lack. Jesus looks past our limited understanding. And he answers our prayers. He answered the prayer of this man who was a Gentile. The person the Jewish people thought was an outsider. And he wanted to help him, and he also wants to help you. He wants to help us as well. Let him answer your prayers. Begin to focus on what he is able to do. We rely too much on our own abilities and our own understanding and our own strength, and we need to strengthen our faith by focusing on Jesus Christ and trusting him. The centurion's faith was in the right person, the person with all the authority and all the power, and he got his prayer answered. We need to trust the supreme authority of Jesus to have extraordinary faith. And then we need to speak the word of God over the situation. Jesus was willing to meet people in their own way, and their own culture, and he knew the centurion didn't have the same background as the Jewish people. And he was from this totally different background, but it didn't matter to Jesus. He met him on the common ground that he had, and the man simply wanted him to speak the word, And heal the servant. And Jesus didn't argue with him. He didn't say no. I'm going to come to your house. And I'm going to take care of this. He said sure. Go and it will be done. Just as you believed it would. And it tells us in that scripture. That the servant was healed at that very hour. What's cool about this. Is this Gentile believer. Realized that the words of God. The words of Jesus had power. That the authority of the word of God. Was over anything that he was dealing with. And that to simply speak the word of God over the situation would change it. Jesus, just speak the word. And we must also speak the word of God over our situations. The life-giving, life-changing, powerful word of God over everything that we deal with. It changes things. Our opinion doesn't necessarily change things. Or our own words that we come up with. But God's words, the words of Jesus that can heal, that can restore, those words redeem troubled lives. As we pray, we want to speak that word of God over our prayer requests. Praying according to the will of God, to claim the will of God over things. Pray the scriptures. I claim my children. um, As mighty men and women of God, and I pray that they are walking in his truth. I say, Lord, I see our children walking in truth, walking in ways that honor and glorify you. And I've seen answers to those prayers because I know I'm praying the word of God over them and over their situation. Not begging him to change them, not whining about how they are, but just proclaiming the word of God over them and everything they deal with. I can claim my workplace as a a place of peace where the presence of God will accompany me each day where I will be God's hands and feet showing the love of God to others that none would perish around me that they will all come to know him that righteousness will prevail that the Holy Spirit will give me a word in season to speak words of life and not death and that God's word would be a shield around me in that place God's word changes things Psalm 1830 says, as for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. See, the word of God is perfect, flawless, powerful. It changes everything it comes in contact with. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active. Active means that when it goes out, it changes things. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So when we're speaking the word of God over ourselves, over our situation, over our jobs, it's not going to stay the same. It's going to come into alignment with the word of God and the will of God if we are trusting him and speaking his word over it. But to speak it, You have to read it daily and meditate on it. Write it down on something and keep it with you during the day. If God has spoken to you in a passage that you read that morning, keep it with you to refer back to and proclaim it over that day. Speak the word over your situation. And third, trust God for the outcome. Trust God for the outcome. The centurion went home. Jesus spoke the word. And it says he went home and found the servant was healed. He didn't hang around and go, well, you know, are you sure you don't need me to do something? No, he said, Lord, speak the word. The Lord spoke the word. He went home. The servant was healed. Now, how about you and me? When we pray, do we really believe that the outcome is in God's hands and we can just leave it there like Pastor Steve was saying earlier that we just leave it at the foot of the cross and know that it is well with our soul or do we feel that we have to help God out and you know like I give it to him but I'm like oh wait a minute let me take that back and work on it a little more and give it back to him. kind of a little struggle going on there with What we want to do is not try to solve it ourselves, but to rely on God's provision and his power in our situations. You know, part of it isn't just that we're just not, you know, obedient to God. Part of it is our culture because everything is like, here's the problem, here's the answer, quick, right away, right? Everything gets immediately solved. You call up the helpline, you get help, right? But with God, sometimes we have to understand like Eric was saying earlier god maybe doesn't operate on our timetable maybe we have to trust him a little bit and allow him to do it in his time and in his way this centurion in this passage left it in god's hands he trusted jesus to speak the word and the servant was healed and he didn't say make sure that by the time i get home that it's done or you know, at this time tomorrow, Lord, make it be. No, he just trusts him. He, the Lord tells him, your servant will be healed. He trusts God and he goes home. That's all he did was just believe and trust and let God do his work. So how many of you have a prayer request? Because that's the hard one when the answer isn't always like, I ask and then there's the answer. Sometimes there's a little longer time to wait. How many of you would say, Yeah, I I have a prayer request I've been waiting on a while? Yeah. And that's the hard one. We can trust God and know He's going to answer, though, in His right time, not necessarily in our time. And the good news is, God is not waiting for us to figure it out. We don't have to try and sort it out. God is going to take care of that if we trust Him with it and leave it in His hands. We don't have to sort it out. He will give us the wisdom we need to handle that. Our strength doesn't have to accomplish it. God will do the impossible. Psalm 20 says, Now this I know. The Lord gives victory to his anointed. He answers him from his heavenly sanctuary with the victorious power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. We can trust in the victorious power of God's hand, his right hand. In the name of the Lord, we can find strength and we can rise up and stand firm. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is what gives us that ability to be be victorious and to trust God and to leave it in his hands. As we ask God to fill us, to saturate us with that power of the Holy Spirit, he gives us that ability that we need to truly trust him. So how do we have extraordinary faith? First, we claim the authority, the supreme authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And secondly, we speak the word of God over our situation. And then third, we trust God for the outcome. Would you stand with me as we close? So take a moment, just, just bow your head, take a moment and think of your life and think of any area that you would really like God to answer that prayer, either healing or restoration of family, career, whatever area you need to see some victory in, any area you want to see God's guidance. And just let God speak to you right now. Claim that supreme authority of Jesus over the situation. Claim that he is king of kings and lord of lords. Claim that that problem, the name of that problem, would bow to his lordship. The name of disease, the name of family problems, the name of issues at work. Claim the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ over whatever you are dealing with today. And speak the word of God over it, that you are a child of God walking in victory over the enemy, that you've been created to do works of righteousness, that God's word is living and active and will accomplish God's purposes, and that no plans of the enemy will prevail over you. And then we're going to pray that we trust God for the outcome, that God will fill us with hope and with peace as we trust him because all things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purposes. We don't live in fear, but we live in power, love, and a sound mind. God's word stands eternal. So, Lord God, we just thank you that whatever we're dealing with today, it's not too big for you. Lord, your word says you do the impossible. Lord, we just ask that over any issue, any problem, any trouble we are dealing with today, Lord God, whatever it is, that we claim your authority, Lord Jesus, over that situation. We say that the name of that problem has to bow to you we speak your word over it, Lord God, that we see things being changed and coming into alignment with your word. Father, I pray that as we read your word, we would it would come alive in our hearts that we would claim that word over everything we're dealing with. Lord God, that you would encourage us, you would strengthen us, you would renew us each day through that too. And give us the ability, Father, to trust you for the outcome. Lord God, the things we've been struggling with, the hard things of life, It's hard to really see what the end is, but Lord, we trust you, and we give it to you, and we ask, Lord, that you strengthen us to be able to get through it, and Lord, that you handle it. We claim victory in these areas in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.